Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 15 of the One for the Money podcast. I'm always so very glad and grateful you take the time to listen. June is the season of graduation, and so the episodes airing this month will focus on the cost of college and how best to pay for it. Today's episode is part one. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a great resource to further assist you in understanding the expense of college and additional options on how to pay for it. Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. June is the season of graduation. While this podcast focuses on early retirement, I'd be remiss to not focus on your ability to effectively pay for college education of your loved ones. As a matter of fact, two of my sons have their own mini graduations. My oldest son, Lucas, is graduating middle school and unbelievably starts high school this fall. And my middle son, Conway, is graduating from elementary school and will move on to middle school. My youngest son, Quentin, will start the second grade. My wife and I can't believe how quickly time has passed. And I've included photos of these young men in the show notes and the blog. And sooner than I realize, my wife and I will begin working on their applications to college, which I hear is a pretty daunting process. And as if the college application process isn't complicated enough, paying for college is an equally important and complicated matter in itself. I recently attended a webinar for financial planners on how best to navigate the college funding maze, and it is a maze. And it was enlightening as it showed that seven in 10 college graduates have student loans. And he noted that the parent's number one concern for their child is paying for college and that college graduates' number one stressor is repaying these college loans. Now, our focus on the costs of college has increased, and for good reason. $1.7 trillion is the current level of student loan debt in the United States. Yes, I did say trillion with a T. In fact, student loan debt is the second highest consumer debt category behind only mortgage debt which means student loan debt is higher than both credit card debt and auto loans, which seems astounding. Now, we've heard the word trillion a lot these last few years. So it's important to understand what a trillion actually represents. And so to give you a better idea, I'll make a comparison to time with $1 being equal to one second. At this rate, $1 million, we would translate that to 1 million seconds, would be equal to 12 days. Now, 1 billion seconds would be equal to roughly 32 years, but 1 trillion seconds would be equal to 31,689 years. The difference in magnitude between a billion at 32 years and a trillion 31,689 years is absolutely astounding 
and gives you an actual scale of the issue we are facing. Now, these debts have a chance to lead to a future financial crisis, and forgiveness of these loans is currently being discussed and may feature in the midterm elections. Now, there is some debate about this proposal as taxpayers who repaid their loans or didn't go to college will, in a sense, help pay these loans instead. Now, the government has already deferred interest, which has cost America over $100 billion. And analysis shows that those who benefit most are the ones with advanced degrees, think lawyers and doctors, who account for over 56% of the $1.7 trillion in federal student debt. I'll include links to the resources in the show notes. Now, I'm personally intimately familiar with student loans, having taken out over $30,000 in today's dollars to pay for my own college degree. Now, I paid these off years ago by accelerating my payments. Now, just like the majority of Americans, I took out loans for college to increase my job prospects, and I certainly wouldn't have obtained the job out of college I did without this degree. Now, as important as college is, you might be wondering, I don't remember college being so expensive, and that's because it wasn't. Since 1983, the cost of college has increased a whopping 840%, whereas housing has increased just 196% and cars 66%. And this is data from the computer price index from December 31st, 2021. So this is really recent data. So you may be wondering, why has the cost of college increased twice the rate of inflation? Now, it's the usual suspect, good government intentions. There were bipartisan efforts to make schools more affordable. And while these student loan programs were well-intentioned, they caused a significant rise in tuition because the supply-demand mechanism became broken. Normally, prices are held in relative check, because consumers can't afford steep increases. But when they can just borrow more and more money, the tuition keeps rising because the federal government guaranteed these loans. Here is an excerpt from a report by the New York Fed on this issue. And I quote, We studied the effects of a student credit expansion on tuition costs using a difference-in-differences approach around changes in federal loan program maximums to undergraduate students in the academic years 2007 and 2008. And consistent with the prediction of the illustrative model, institutions that were most exposed to these program maximums ahead of the policy changes experienced disproportionate tuition increases. End of quote. To make sense of that, or to put it more in plain English, basically the colleges that were most affiliated with the federal loan programs raised their tuition by the most. So those colleges whose students had access to federal student loans ended up paying more and higher tuitions each year. So universities raised these fees because the student loan amounts were raised as well. So just where did most of this extra tuition money go? The money was used for higher salaries for administrators and professors. 
As The Economist Brian Westbury explained it, student loans have become a jobs and wage subsidy program for college professors and administrators. They, not the students, are the primary beneficiaries. The universities, via government loan programs, are using the money borrowed by young adults to deliver it to the intellectual class. And I'll include links to the information on the show notes, and there's an article in Forbes on this. Now, Mr. Westbury goes on to say this. Imagine if Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac announced a program to buy all the mortgages that banks made to 18-year-olds who bought homes with no money down. Obviously, that policy would lead to disaster and excessive home ownership among teenagers who would have little idea of the long-term consequences. Well, that's what's happened with colleges. Except a mortgage has a home collateralizing the loan, but you can't foreclose on a degree in poetry. And so that's why it's important to be really careful where you go to college and how much funding you achieve because it can get really expensive, especially with grad school because grad school can pile on even more debt. Federal graduate debt is uncapped, so colleges have added expensive graduate programs. The average borrower who completes a master's degree in film at New York University owes $113,180, but makes a mere $30,581 three years later after graduation. Clearly, you need to be careful in your selection of both the college and the degree you pursue, along with the potential job prospects after college. College, while expensive, does not offer any guarantees in the workforce. So why do people keep going to college if it's so expensive? Well, I can think of a million reasons. People still go to college and get loans to do so because they can get better paying jobs. Wages for a person with a bachelor's degree are 86% higher than for a high school graduate. And for those with a professional degree, it's 273% higher than those with a high school graduate. Just to give you the raw numbers, a high school graduate earns on average $39,498. This is based in 2019. And an earner of a bachelor's degree earns on average $73,499. And a professional degree earner earns on average $147,236. So clearly you go to college, you earn a lot more money. Another attractive reason, you're out of work less. Unemployment rates are far lower for those with a bachelor's degree or with a professional degree versus a high school graduate. For example, the unemployment rate for a high school graduate currently is 5.2%, but for a college graduate, it's nearly half that at 2.3. So college is expensive. How can it be less so? Well, if you have older kids, you really should consider junior college for the first few years and then transfer to a four-year college. That alone will cost you 40% less and your degree won't look anything different, but your future opportunities sure will. Again, I'll provide links to the resources in the show notes for all of this data I am providing. I also want to add that where you go matters less than you think. So many people are keen on going to specific colleges, but you really need to consider it because there was a recent survey of over 10,000 millionaires that revealed that 79% of millionaires did not attend prestigious private schools. 
62% graduated from public state schools, 8% attended community college, and 9% of these millionaires never graduated college at all. And this is from Chris Hogan's Everyday Millionaires book. So college is expensive. How can it be less so, especially for those of you who have young children? Well, introducing the fabulous 529. And this is a much better way to pay for college expenses in the future. And it allows your money to grow and go to work for you instead. And that's why I save for my own kids' college and help my clients do the same through 529 savings accounts. Now, I'll be discussing 529 accounts in greater depth and their impressive features in part two of this series on the cost of college and how best to pay for it. And now onto the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. In today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, I wanted to share both a fabulous and free resource to help you further understand the cost of college and how to pay for it. This resource is from JP Morgan and is called College Planning Essentials. And I'll include a link to it in the show notes. It has a tremendous amount of relevant data that really every parent should familiarize themselves with. Examples of the information this resource provides are as follows. The starting salaries achieved from certain degrees. And computer science degree earners have the highest starting salaries at over $80,000, which is followed by engineers at $72,000 it would seem that the STEM programs are very good for your kids' future earning potential. There are also details regarding certain financial aid packages. This resource also provides intriguing facts about athletic scholarships. For example, girls have higher scholarship amounts than boys for similar sports, and that lacrosse of all sports has the highest amount of athletic scholarships. Although the report also shows that these scholarships only cover a small portion of the costs. Of course, much of the focus nowadays is on these name, image, and likeness deals that a very few college athletes receive. But it's important to understand that athletic scholarships don't cover as much as you may think. Uh, This resource also provides a very good breakdown of your expected family contribution. And if you don't know what that is, it's a formula that colleges use to determine how much they will charge you. So that's right. The sticker price at the very same college isn't the same for families with different expected family contributions. The resource provides a comparison of various college saving vehicles and the benefits of 529s and a host of other information. Well, I hope you found this helpful. Thank you again for listening. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at betterplanningbetterlife.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. 
Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.